0: Welcome to the Granary Church Podcast. We're happy you could join us. For more information on the Granary Church, head to granary.org.au or follow our socials at the Granary Church. Today we are we are looking at getting into shape. And um and I uh look, I'll be honest right from the get-go. When I preach, and for any preacher, it's so much easier to preach out of the overflow of what's happening in your life. To go, oh, God's teaching me this, and I've kind of collected all these things, and I can bring that, and it sort of feels rich and good, and and it's like there's a nice flow. And I feel like the last few times I've preached have felt like that, and this time has been the exact opposite. And the prep for this, I'm like, this is just, this is not preaching out of overflow. This is preaching out of grit and determination. If I, if, just to be honest, right from the start, I feel like. That there's some moments where you, you, know, you just feel and you experience what God's doing, and other times you're like, it's just uphill, and it's tough. But at the same time, I know God's doing something. And, and I feel like this earlier this morning, God was really speaking um, speaking in in interesting ways to me, but to everyone, and, and I really believe that He wants to speak to you today. Because I guess the main message really is we're growing in strength. And God's desire for you is that you are someone who grows in strength, but you grow in strength in hope. You are someone who carries hope. And, uh, and, and we'll get into that today, um, but let's, uh, let's pray. So Heavenly Father, we thank you. I thank you that you are here, that you, that you know each one of us. And Lord, we just want to pause and acknowledge that you are here, whether we've experienced you in an amazing way this morning or we don't feel like you're here at all. Lord, we want to acknowledge that you're here and you love us, you know us, you like us. Lord, you care about each one of us. You know what's happening in our world, and, and it blesses your heart that we are here to honor you. Wherever we're at on that faith spectrum, Lord, the fact that we are here blesses your heart. So this morning, Lord, as we hear from your word, Lord, would you speak to us? Would you would you invade our, our minds, our hearts, to be able to speak to us so we can hear from you, so we can be transformed into your likeness? We thank you, Jesus. Amen. Now, I just want to start, actually. So Sue and Graham... Our pastors here, mum and dad, they're currently in New Zealand uh, and having a good holiday, which is great because mum in November got really sick with an infection, had septicemia and uh, she was incredibly sick. And, And then they sent us this photo the other day and they're currently on a, they climbed up a mountain. And, uh, and so they're having, they're having a good time. They're on, they're, they're on a cruise. They've never been on a cruise before. And so our family group chat is hilarious at the moment because they're sending all these photos. You know when suddenly someone's sending a lot of photos, they're clearly having a good time. And, uh, and then they sent this one as well because uh, <laughs> they keep doing – they've done a couple of like Lord of the Rings trips. And, uh, and so Mum's like, I've, you know, finally got what I want. And I was like, no, no, you've, you get what you want most of the time. So um, – <laughs> So yeah, so anyway, so it's, it's like, it's encouraging. And I think right from the start, prayer works because I know that when mum was sick, she was in a very, very sick way. And there's a couple of days where all of a sudden it, things were looking really bad. And the surgeon came in, he's like, well, you've given me the weekend off. And, uh, and to watch her progress quite, it's been both slow and rapid at the same time, if that makes sense. But that's encouraging a great answer to prayer. So in 2020... An Italian man walked 450 kilometers to cool off after he had an argument with his wife. Middle of lockdown, mid-COVID, Italy was in lockdown and they had a curfew. And him and his wife had a big row about something and he just took off. And he was in the north in Como and he walked 450 kilometers down to a, a town on the east coast to cool off. He walked about 60 kilometers a day. And he said that strangers helped him out, giving him food and water. And he was found at 2 a.m. by the police, who there was this this curfew and we weren't allowed to be out. And they came and found him. He's like, well, I haven't used public transport. I'm just walking. And they're like, regardless, you can't be out here. And they fined him a few hundred euros and his wife had to drive to the town and pick him up, which either would have been just the most redemptive drive home or the iciest time of your life. And I'm like, oh, can you just imagine? And it's funny what we will do to avoid pain. Like if you've got one painful situation, so often we will do whatever we can to get as far away from pain as we can. We will avoid it at all costs. In fact, we will put ourselves through different pain to avoid that pain. If you notice this, and we will do other things to, to avoid that. And, and we don't like really to talk about pain. We don't really like to talk about weakness. A friend of mine who... He's, he's led a lot of job interviews and he says when you ask people their weaknesses, sometimes people will say things like, oh, sometimes I work too hard or I'll be too committed to the organization. You know, sometimes I'll come in too early or I'll stay too late. And we don't like to talk about, you know, like I actually am generally late to work and I'll be on my phone most of the time. You know, like uh, I struggle with procrastination. Like we don't like to talk about our weaknesses. We like to talk about our strengths, things that we're good at or we just avoid it all And God's goal for you is growth. His aim for you is, as you know Him, that you become more Christ-like. But to become more Christ-like requires you to continually grow, doesn't it? And to continually grow means to acknowledge that there's areas of your life that need growth. There's areas that aren't strong. And you need to take time to work out, how do I strengthen those areas? And as I was really praying, preparing... And it was funny because I haven't been in the strongest place. We we ended last year with a real disappointment in our family. And it's a really difficult family situation right at the end of the year. And the last couple of weeks, I wouldn't say I felt like super full of hope. I've been on holidays and it's like, it's great to be at the beach, but it's actually just been a bit of a flat time and – and, and, and seeing God, like we've felt his presence in that, but at the same time, you know, distracted ourselves. But knowing that God is the God of hope, that his aim is for us to be strong. And, and, and I, I, honestly, in bringing this, I don't bring this as someone going, well, I'm continually hopeful 24-7. I bring this as saying, God is our source of hope. And his desire for you is that this is your strongest year yet. this is that's what i felt so clearly god's like this is just this could be your strongest year yet, the strongest year you've ever had but not because you go well i've been i've been working hard i've been working up to this No, he goes when you discover what your source of hope is then you can experience the strength of god in a way that doesn't mean you've had to work hard for it because then you own it yourself and it's like I've, i've done this but in a way that you say i have discovered the source of hope and strength and I genuinely believe that God wants this to be your strongest year yet. In 1993, the movie Groundhog Day came out. And if, have you seen Groundhog Day? Yeah, and, and you know, poor Phil Connors has to live the same day every single day. And someone worked out that he actually spent 33 years and 350 days in limbo, which equates to 12,395 times of doing the same day over and over and over and over again until he finally learned what he needed to learn. And, and I believe it, God is saying to us, I don't want this year to be like another groundhog year where you go, I'm just dealing with the same things and I'm back in the same place and I'm just sort of just going through the motions or, or sort of, you know, I, I, you know, just whatever. He's saying, I want this to be a year of strength. And when you discover your source of strength, it's not I'm trying to do this. It's I know where my strength comes from. Yeah, so that's really my prayer for you, that this is your strongest year yet. And I, I called dad the other day because I was just feeling a bit flat I'm chatting. I was like, I feel to preach on hope, but I don't feel super hopeful. I don't feel like I've got it all together. And dad was like, I'm 71 and I don't have it all together. It's like, no one's got it all together. We all, we all need hope. And every single one of us, either if you're lacking hope, you know you need hope, or you know someone who is lacking hope. You could easily think of someone in your life who you go, "I know someone who needs some hope, someone who needs to know the source of their hope, someone who needs some strength, someone who needs some peace who goes, "Actually, I know where my hope comes from." So let's, um, let's get into shape together. Let's do that. And let's start with um, Hebrews chapter six. In Hebrews chapter six, you know you have those verses that you just come to so many times, so many times in life, or just keep coming back to this verse. And it says this, so God has both given his promise and his oath. These two things are unchangeable because it's impossible for God to lie. He's given us both his promise. I promise I I'll do this. And my oath, like I, I swear I will do this. This is this is my oath to you. And God's saying, what I've promised to you, I, w- I won't break that promise. Therefore, we who have fled to him for refuge, us who have come to God for refuge, can have great confidence as we hold to the hope that lies before us it says, this hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. This hope that God promises to us is a strong and trustworthy anchor for ourselves. It's the foundation of your life. It leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary. So when your hope is in him, it's both foundational. It's the strength of your life but it also leads you to be able to be in his presence because your life is built upon that. And we talk about our hope being God, but what is hope? I mean, we've just had Christmas and often we talk about wishing for things at Christmas. Like we have Christmas wishes and we might wish nice things for people, but kids will go to Santa Claus and wish for different things, you know, like, you know, like ask for a, a PlayStation or a bike or a, you know, whatever. There's just a whole lot of different things. And often we can think of hope as like, I hope I'll get this thing. I hope this thing happens. You know, I hope Santa will bring me this. And, and it's sort of very concrete. It's very like, I sort of, it's essentially really, I just, I want, isn't it? Like, I want this. Or we can think of hope as optimism, but hope is not optimism. Often we think like, oh, I hope this will happen because we know that, you know, things might be bad, but things will get good and we, things kind of turn around and we can look at life in this optimistic sense. Like things will just get better at some point. I'm just feeling optimistic. But hope isn't optimism. It's not so sort of just like blind things will get better. Hope is essentially saying, I don't know how things will get better, but I trust that God will be true to his promises. I, I don't know how it will happen, but I trust that God will do what he said he'll do, that he'll fulfill both his promise and his oath. So hope is not, I just hope things get better. Hope is I trust that God has this under control and I don't have to be in control. I don't have to force it I don't have to try to make it happen. I don't have to try to be this or try to be that. I can trust that God will provide what I need when I need it. And that, that, is, that is our hope. Our hope is saying, my, my hope is in the God who is God of his promise. He is faithful, and I can trust in him. In John 16, Jesus promised this. He said, in this world, you will have trouble. Who likes that promise? He promised that in this world, you'll have trouble. You definitely will. And, but then he says, but take heart, I've overcome the world. But to get to I've overcome the world, there's trouble first. It's like though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. As I, I walk through, we, we often have to walk through pain and difficulty. And we don't always enjoy that. Have you ever had to work a muscle that you've never worked before? It's not pleasant, is it? It's something, I don't know how to move in this way. We don't like that. Or we have other pain. You experience some physical pain. You're like, I don't like that. Emotional pain. We don't like that. In the last few weeks, the holidays, my son Silas, who's seven, he suddenly started saying to me, dad, pain is the best teacher. And I was like, what the heck? I'm like, pain is the best teacher. What is there's some like ancient Chinese wisdom, father, pain is the best, like, this is, this is nuts. And, and it was generally like when he would hurt me or someone would get hurt, you know, he's hurt his little brother. And he's like, dad, pain is the best teacher. I'm like, no, you're being a pain. That's a different thing. And I was like, what? Where did this come from? Pain is the best teacher. Like, what the heck? And so I, I, I was like, is this, is it a movie? Is it something he's watching? like, is this like a Kung Fu Panda thing or? And so I did some Googling and I realized it came from the Super Mario Brothers movie. <laughs> Pain is the best teacher. And I was like, where does it come from? And oh, who's seen the movie? Yeah, if, um, if you're a kid, heaps of fun. If you're around my age, amazing. Cause it's so nostalgic. And we, when we went to the movies watching it, he's like sitting there liking it on one level, but I was like, I was going, this is great. This is so fun. Anyway, good movie. Bowser is the evil character played by Jack Black. It's a bit of a rock opera. And he's after, um, is it Princess Pearl? Anyway, Peach, that's it, whatever. Uh, who cares? Uh, and um, he's talking to his little minion about it. And uh, anyway, have, have a look. Have a look. This, uh, human, where did he come from? We... aren't sure? Does the princess like him? Sire, look in the mirror. You have nothing to worry about. I know that. I'm not threatened. <laughs> Find out who he is and what they're planning! I'm on it, sire. May I lift the cover? Not yet. Pain is the best teacher. Pain is the best teacher. Yeah. So now you can just say that to one another. That, that's the message. Um, now, now all I can hear when he says that to me is that. And pain, pain is a good teacher. And when we read of these verses, like we read before about hope, the person who wrote most about hope in the New Testament is the Apostle Paul. What's interesting is that he is someone who knew pain well. He was often in pain, sitting imprisoned, beaten up, chained to guards, getting dragged around, having his life threatened. Yet he keeps writing about hope, which is strange because you go, you shouldn't have any hope. Like you're locked away in prison or you've just been beaten up. Yet he continually lived, like we were saying before, with this hope as an anchor or as a foundation. And so if you are experiencing pain right now, physical, emotional, whatever, all you have, and you read these verses, you know that you're in good company because you're not reading about someone who's writing theoretically, going, oh, well, if you ever were to experience pain, this is what you could do. It's going, no, no, I'm literally sitting here in pain. I'm learning from that. I'm sitting in that, but I'm also aware that God is with me, filling me with peace and strength and hope. And I can promise that at some point, you will hit some sort of situation that will undo your theology. Like your theology is good until you hit a wall. It's only, it's only as strong as, as your next life-altering moment. And you go, well, what do I actually believe? What is this built upon? And you have to work out, what is my foundation built upon? And so often in life, we hit different walls. And you have to work out, what do I do with this, this wall? Does it undo what I believe? Or is my life built on something that's that's strong, that that lasts through that? That's that's the strength we're talking about. I, I've started reading. Has, has anyone read the Brothers Karamazov, classic Russian novel? Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Colleen. Dostoevsky. It's it's a classic, but it's like it's. It's big and it's going to take me probably about the next 30 years to read because I'm so slow. But right there is this afterward at the end and he says this, and so I believe in Christ and confess him not like some child. My hosanna has passed through a vast furnace of doubt. I love that. My, my, my hosanna, meaning my praise of God, my worship of God, my trust in God, my hope has passed through a vast furnace of doubt. That's not like a, a measly struggle or, I, you know, I, I dealt with a couple of little issues and I sort of made. That's a vast furnace, fire and flames. And so when he says, when he worships, it's not like a, I'm just saying it because I think it's the right thing to do. It comes from something deep within. I know there's so many people in our church who that's you when you worship. You don't worship because you go, I feel like it's the right thing to do. As you come and worship, you're like, This is tried and tested. It's been through fire and flames. And as I worship, it's built on something strong. And I believe that's God's desire for you, that when we experience pain and suffering, it actually leads us closer to the one who's our source of hope. In Ephesians 1, it says this, I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope or or know the hope he has given to those he called. His holy people who who are his rich and glorious inheritance. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. He's saying, I want you to be confident in this hope. This hope comes through God's power, which he shares. God is good at sharing. He doesn't mind sharing with us. He has power and he's not afraid to say, I'll share it with you. He has hope and he says, let me share my hope with you. I'm not afraid to give you what you need because I have an abundance of it. In Romans 15, it says, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. As you trust in him, he fills you with joy and peace and hope. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. You will overflow, not one who just goes, I just have what I need, but someone who... Overflows. If you overflow with hope, it means you have hope for other people. That you can actually, your source, yes, yourself, be a source of hope. It's as though you're thirsty and you've got a 600 ml bottle of water and you're like, I'm good with this. And God's like, I'm offering you a well. Like you can have all the water you, you, you want forever, but you're like, I'm good with the 600 mls. I'm good. I'll last for a bit. And have you ever been so thirsty that you're down one of those in like a few seconds? And God's like, I, I had what you need the whole time. You're like, no, no, I'm, I'm good with this. So you say, no, 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 I want to be your source of hope. The one that you go, I'm, I'm not looking for something every time I need it. You go, I know where my hope comes from. Because God's aim for you is Christ-likeness. He wants you to be strong in weakness. And I was thinking about this in the last week. I feel like often we can approach this a bit like a side hustle that our discipleship, our following of God can be like a, a side hustle. Does anyone have a, have a side hustle? You've got your main job, but you've got like an extra thing on the side. Makes you. We were talking with my brother-in-law this week. He's like looking at what random things he could sell online, just random side hustles. And, and I talk to students who go, yeah, I do drop shipping. I'm like, you do what? And, and they're like, oh, you know, I have a supplier somewhere and, and I've got a little online store and people buy the thing, but I never have to see it. I'm like, does it actually work? And for some people, it does. Or you get influencers who'll do like affiliate marketing and they'll have their links. And if you click the link and you buy some product that they use, they get a little percentage. And so people are often looking for this extra thing to supplement their income. Not a bad idea. If we treat following Jesus like a side hustle, you'll never earn enough to live off. You never earn enough. You never have enough water to survive on because we come in a womb, we need it. We're like, I just need that extra little bit. Instead of God going, I want to be your source, your continual source. I want to be your, your main income. I want to be your main provider. I want to give you everything you need all the time. Not so you're looking off somewhere else for that, but God's going, no, no, I want to be your source. And the world needs Christians who know the source of their hope. Because if you know where your hope comes from, you're not trying to muster it up. Because as soon as you try to force it yourself, that's when things look kind of ugly. We try to force it because I want to be, want to be your source. St. Ignatius of Loyola said this, our only desire and our one choice should be this, I want and I choose what better leads to the deepening of God's life in me. I want and I choose what better leads to the deepening of God's life in me. So I, w- I both want that. And I choose that. Sometimes we can sit and we like sing songs. And we go, I want that. But we don't actually make a choice to follow that. A, a number of years ago, I, uh, I hurt my back. I, I um, herniated a, a disc in my back. Has anyone ever done that before? It's a horrendous pain. The first time I did it, I bent over a sink, which wasn't cool. The second time I was snowboarding in New Zealand. And that sounds way cooler, all right? And, and I had this, this horrendous pain and I went to multiple physios and, and they tried, tried stretching and they tried massage. And the stretching and massage were, they were helpful to a point. Like it would help me to a point and then I'd do it again. And I'd sort of go back and I was all locked up. And they're like, I oh no, you know, let's fix you up. And, and then I'd be good for a little bit longer. And then I went and saw actually a guy in our church, Ben, who's a phenomenal physio, leads worship. And, uh, and I went and saw him and he goes, well, you're focused on stretching. What if we focus on strength? Let's strengthen the area that's sore. And so we started to strengthen. It was kind of hard because they're like, I don't really, I don't really know how to work those muscles and it's a bit strange. And, and it, it worked. It actually, as I fixed the core issue, everything around started to change. It's funny how as you fix a core issue, all the other elements start to change. And the key to my strength sort of in my back, which you know, I'm still working on, but he's finding out what is at the core. And if you can strengthen the core, then the rest of the body is strengthened. If you can strengthen your core, be someone who's strong in hope, it actually strengthens everything else. But th- this is the strange part of this. Growing in hope is almost like anti-exercise. It's not like I'm going to give you a list of here's all the things you now need to do to grow in hope. It's, it's sort of a bit like it's not so much doing something more, it's doing something different. Like, you know, often when people lose weight, they used to go, I didn't do much. I just changed what I ate or I ate a bit less. Or, you know, like, it's not like I did this whole massive program. They're like, I just, just did a few simple things. And, and I feel like with this, to grow in hope isn't so much to go, here's a big list of things to do. It's to go, where do you turn your attention to? Where, where do you focus on? So here's a funny thing for me. In the last few weeks, as I was just feeling a bit flat, and I realised, I realised actually one of the things I do, which is a bit funny, when I when I, when I want to avoid pain, because I felt like God clearly said to me, just sit in the pain and be okay with it. And I found myself playing solitaire. Does anyone play solitaire on my phone? And I was like, I played a lot of solitaire, and I would sit and I'd just be churning through games. I was playing a lot, and sometimes it's nice and relaxing, good for your mind. But then I was like. You're just playing a lot of solitaire, like a lot, to the point where some little thing popped up. It's like, oh, you know, can you, can you complete this many rounds in two days or whatever? And I was like, challenge accepted, you know? it's was like for zero point. But I was like, I'm sitting here just, just chanting, because you get this little dopamine hit every time you win, and you're like, oh, I'm, I'm really good at this thing that doesn't matter at all, and, <laughs> and I'm not even that good. And, but I realized there was this moment. It's like, you're playing solitaire, to avoid what's happening in your heart like we will do anything to avoid dealing with the pain that's in our heart to the point where it's like you're playing a stupid card game on my phone because you go oh well it's better like better than other things i could be doing you know like i'm not self-medicating or i'm not you know like i'm not just churning through netflix i'm like it's making me smart i don't know how it's making me smart it's not we can, you know, you, you've justified things, I'm, I'm sure, you know, like it's fine just this one time. I deserve it, you know. And, and so when we're feeling flat, God would say to us, like sit and focus, like actually be in the pain. Because as you sit and allow yourself to feel that, he goes, then I can be your source of hope. But when we look for distractions, you're never present enough to engage with what's happening, and so often we look for a distraction and sometimes that can be a helpful thing. Like a distraction is nice at times until you realize this is actually hindering my growth. Or, or we, we, we look, we, I mean, sometimes you be way more serious. We can look for bigger things to distract us. But I feel like God is saying, as you allow yourself to be present in that, to feel that, then you discover that I am your source of hope. So sometimes it's like, instead of doing that, going, I'm actually just going to read the Bible. I'm going to get some scripture into my mind. And maybe you can't read the Bible for seven hours, but you can read the Bible for seven seconds. And know you go, I'm going to get something in my mind that actually is good for my heart and my soul. Or I'm going to pray as I walk around, walk around the block, as I'm at home cooking, as I'm with my kids, as I'm work, work, working. You can say, I'm actually going to turn my attention to God. I'm going to pray. It's not a harder thing to do. It's just where you focus your mind. And another one is to be around people who are full of hope. If you want to grow in hope, surround yourself with people who are full of hope. and, and An Orthodox priest was asked, if God is everywhere, what, what do I go to church for? And he said, the whole atmosphere is filled with water, but when you want to drink, you have to go to a fountain or a well. And there's moments where you go, I need to be with people who are actually feeling that same sense of hope that I desire. People who know the source of their hope. And you get around those people and you go, Oh, that's that's right, that's where my hope comes from. That's where my hope comes from. And God provides all you need. And so I believe that for us today there's this invitation where God says, What is it you need? Like, I feel like He's like, Do you want hope? Because hope is on offer today. He like He willingly shares. He willingly shares. We've had um, my little niece Poppy, she's over from England, she's 18 months, super cute, but her and my little boy Leon, they're, you know, six months apart or whatever, and I've heard this word in the last few weeks very often, mine, mine, and Poppy will pick something, up something and Leon's like, no, mine, and then he'll pick up something, she's like, mine, and it's like, mine, 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 and then 30 seconds later, they've both forgotten that they wanted the thing, and we can be a little bit like that. We can be sort of mind, 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 focus on that. God isn't like that. God isn't, isn't like a toddler who's afraid of losing that little toy that he loves. He's like, I have an abundance of what you need, and, and it is mine. But here you go. I, I am the source of hope. So if you need hope, I have hope for you. And I'm the source of peace. I'm the prince of peace. That's like my kingdom is ruled with peace. If you need peace, I've got peace for you, I've got it in abundance. And, and if you need knowledge and wisdom, you lack understanding or, or you're doubting, you're struggling, he's like, I have the wisdom that you need. I have, I have what you need. In James 1, it says, every good and perfect gift comes from God. He, he has what you need. Um, I love the, this, this quote, actually. Um, Robert Farrar Capon said this, at the very worst, all you can be is dead. And for him who is the resurrection and life, that just makes you his cup of tea. You're never too far gone. You've never doubted too much. You've never done too many bad things. You've, 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 like, there's never a point where God's like, you're beyond my reach. You're never too hopeless. You never lack too much peace. He's like, wherever you're at, like, that just makes you my cup of tea because my, my strength is made perfect in your weakness. And as we sit in our pain and we go, God, I'm aware that I'm not strong in this area. And he goes, well, that's great. I'm so glad you finally acknowledged that because now I can be your strength. I've just been waiting for you to come on Sunday morning and go, actually, God, I need your strength. I want you to be my source of hope. I've been trying hard. I've been putting on a, a good Christian face, whatever that is. I've been trying to do the right things. And I've I prayed. I've said, said this and that. But, God, I can't fake it anymore. I need your hope. I need you to be my source of hope. I can't keep doing it. And maybe you've been like that for years. You're like, I know the right things to say. You're praying with other people. You're like, I know the fancy words to use but you don't know your source of hope. God's like, I want to be your source of hope. I want to be the one who your life is built upon. In 1 Peter it says this, in his kindness God called you to share in his eternal glory, to share in it by means of Jesus Christ. So after you've suffered a little while, he will restore, support and strengthen you and he'll place you on a firm foundation. After you've suffered a little while, He will restore, strengthen, support, and place you on a firm foundation. That's his desire for you, that you are someone who is placed on that firm foundation, restored, strengthened, supported. Our faith is weak when we don't know what it's built upon, and our hope is weak when we try to force it with optimism, and our love is weak when we don't really know the love of the Father. And God is saying, whatever you need today, I have exactly what you need. I'm the source of those things. I had this funny moment the other night. Um, I drove in. Have you been to the Newcastle Bath since it's been redone? It's, like, super busy, and it, it's beautiful. It feels feels nice. And um, it was, like, in the evening, and we'd sort of been doing all, like, jobs at home sort of, you know, sorting out things. And I was, like, hot and sweaty. I was, like, I just want to go for a swim. And So I ended up getting in there about at about 9 o'clock. And I walked in there. There's, there's still a whole lot of people there. I saw Neil there at the baths. Um, and, and I just swam out. I'm sort of floating it, and You float really easily. It's just beautiful. And then all of a sudden, the lights went out. And there's like the main sort of floodlights, and they just went out. And I was like, this is kind of weird, but everyone's still hanging around. And I just lay there, and I'm lying in this beautiful, just like, beautiful seawater. It was so warm, so lovely. And I had this clear view of the stars. It was like a float tank, but free and better. And I'm lying there and it's like literally surrounded with things that God has made. Lying there sort of like cocooned, sort of on this just floating bed. Just like, I like no effort, just lying there. Like, you know, sometimes you can just float. So well. you like put your hands behind your back and you're like, like zero effort to float. And looking at the stars, I'm like, it was just stunning, so clear. And God's like, if if I can do this and, and I can do that, do you not think I have everything else under control? Like, if if I can do this, do you not think that I can give you the hope you need? That you can be overflowing to give to others? Do you not think if I can do this, I can give you the peace that you require? Not just to get through today, but to overflow for others. Like, if if I can do this, do you not think that I have the answers to the questions that are just bugging your heart and mind? And I was like, I had just a few, few minutes there. I was like, yeah, of course. Of course you do. And I just want to read this little poem to you, Teresa of Avila said this, Let nothing disturb you. Let nothing frighten you. All things are passing away. God never changes. Patience obtains all things. Whoever has God lacks nothing. God alone suffices. God alone suffices. Whoever has God lacks nothing. And I believe that today God is saying to you, I have exactly what you need. I want this to be your strongest year yet, not because you've mustered up, because you've done the right weights, or the right exercise, but because you go, I know where my source of hope comes from. And at the start of the year, you say, God, I want to put all my hope, all my trust in you, so that you'll be my source of strength, so you'll be my source of peace. So this isn't another groundhog year of me trying to do the same old things, but to go, no, God, my trust is in you alone. So can I pray for you for that? If you're willing, because I really feel like God is saying there's an invitation today. He's saying hope is on offer. Peace is on offer. Whatever you need, it's on offer. But he's just saying, will you receive it? And I believe the invitation to you is, will you receive it? Will you say, yeah, God, I'm open. I'm open to receiving what you have. So do you want to stand? We're going to worship in a minute. And, and, and if you will, you might like to place your hands out in front of you. Or do something. You could put your hand on your heart, or something that says, "God, there's there's something I need from you today. I, I want to be someone who is strong in hope. My hope isn't built on optimism. My hope isn't built on just me wanting things to get good. But my hope is built on you know knowing that you are faithful to your promise." that you are faithful, that you are true. So, So if that's you saying, God, I want to be filled with your hope today, you might like to put your hands out in front of you. Or you're saying, God, I want to be filled with peace. I want to know the peace that passes all understanding. I want to be someone who knows your love like I've never known it before. And I'm praying this is your strongest year yet. So Heavenly Father, we thank you. Thank you that you love each one of us. You love us just the way you are. We are. You love us just the way we are. You love us too much to leave us as we are. Your desire is that we grow, become more Christ like, become more like Jesus. But Lord, right now we we acknowledge our areas of weakness. For anyone who's lacking hope or lacking peace, anyone who's experiencing pain or suffering or struggling in any way, experiencing doubts or worries or fears. or we bring every single element to you. We bring you our weakness. We bring you our pain. We thank you that you are the one who is the source of our hope. We come to you and we thank you. that You say in our weakness, you are strong. So, God, we receive your strength right now in Jesus' name. We receive your strength. We receive the strength of your hope. Lord, we receive the strength of your peace. Lord, we receive the strength of your joy. Just that surpassing joy. Lord, we receive your wisdom. Lord, may we be a people who are built on a firm foundation. Who when we hit walls, we go, I know where my strength comes from. I don't have to muster it up. I don't have to force it. I don't have to try because I know that you're with me and you love me and my hope is built on you. So Lord, I pray for every single one of us today, Lord. May we be a people of strength, a people who overflow, who have enough for those around us, who aren't continually trying to force something, but we rely on the source of our hope and our strength. And so Lord, I pray your blessing over every one of us today. Lord, may we know the tangible presence of God with us. May we know that hope that goes beyond anything we've understood before. We thank you that you're here with us and you love us and we praise you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to our Sunday podcast. If you enjoyed it, either subscribe or follow on the podcast app that you use to keep up to date on when our next Sunday podcast gets released. Have a safe and blessed week.